1: So, our podcast is called Right and Wrong. So are
0: these your notes?
1: These are
0: these your notes about what we're going to say. Uh, <laughs> anything. Nailed it. Just it. a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many novels did you not finish? Oh my Pardon? god, so many. <laughs> 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 it was perfect. What's she talking about? This is not a <laughs> Ooh, a spicy question. I love it. <laughs> this is it, guys. The big secret to getting published is you have to write a good book. <laughs> you had <it> here first. <laughs> we're going say- <laughs> to hello and welcome back to the right and wrong podcast on today's episode we have a returning guest the first time she was here we talked about her amazing debut novel reset and today we're here to talk about her new one the prequel aptly named preset it's speculative fiction author serena darlin welcome back
1: hi thank you so much jamie it's good to be back it's great to have you
0: back thanks for coming we we had some confusion over i had some confusion i should say over time difference but we figured it out in the end so we're here um let's let's start off with as i so often do your exciting new novel which will come out the day after this goes live tell us a bit about preset
1: Sure. Um, Preset is the prequel of my first book, Reset. Reset's the world that's set in a in a speculative world um, called the Four Cities, and there memories are erased every four years in the name of peace. The idea and the intention is to um get rid of people's um racism or hatred or you know any negative things that they have gathered over years of living. So every four years, all the citizens' memories are wiped and they start anew with a new name, new job, new place to live. Um, and, you know, so because of that, you know, it's it, it was inspired a lot by Buddhism, um, which is from the country where I originally came from, which is Thailand. And uh, even though I'm not Buddhist, I've always been very much... You know, an admirer of the philosophy. So in this world, at face value, it is a utopia. Everything is taken care of. Um, you don't have to buy food. There's food, you know, that's, that's given to you. You don't have to pay for a place to live. That place, you know, it's, it's, it's given to you. And so at face value, everything is taken care of. Everything is, Pleasant, um, however, because um, in the nature of this place, memories thus seep back through dreams, and so some of the people will get dreams of their old lovers because those are the memories that stick to them the most, and those are the ones that come out. Um, so that was the world of preset and and the story centers around two ex-lovers who are essentially trying to find each other through this dreams um, that they have of each other. Um, Preset, on the other hand, is a story of how this entire world came to be, how the idea of memory erasure and why the creator of it thought that it was a good idea to use in order to... Um, to essentially control its citizens and keep peace in this world. So um, when I went into presets, I actually started it about at the end of 2019, after I finished reading, writing reset and trying to get an agent. But the story just it, I was just kind of being dragged down by it because when you write of, um, wh- when I was writing Reset, it, the story came really easily to me. You know, it's yeah. a story about two people who just happen to be in this extraordinary world, but they themselves are just trying to to live their life and connect and find each other. Um, so it's, it's a very intimate story. Whereas Preset, it's the story of that world before the last war destroyed most of mankind and the four cities become this isolated um, places where the last, you know, the last survivors live. And, and what, kind, what, what kind of world, you know, the, the kind of um, fear, um, the survivor guilt and, you know, all of the weights of having to usher humanity to um, to essentially survive. You know, all of this weight rested on the creators of the four cities. Um, their names are Eli and Eleanor, and they were married and they were in love. Um, and I wanted to tell a story of what happens to a marriage when the weight of the world and the responsibility of doing the right thing, Um, you know, like just weighs down on two people who are just, you know, like trying to survive um, and the decisions that they've had to make. And as a result, they both kind of ended up on two opposite ends of this how to save humanity conundrum. And it was it was a difficult story for me to get into one <laughs> i was just so intimidated yeah. by these two people cuz by default they have to be extraordinary right in order for them to create this world and and the kind of people that they were in order to survive and to um essentially do all that they needed to do in order to kind of usher humanity forward
0: i yeah And it's interesting. I mean, you talk about it's like a daunting task to come on for reset. And when you were on last time, and you talked about the world building, and there were so many layers to it. The idea of doing a prequel to that, and now being like, oh, I already came up with all these incredible, complicated systems, and the idea of I, I have to like make sure that the thing that I write now lives up to the the thing that I've already created that must be a lot of pressure
1: it was a lot of pressure (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there's this thing that's called like this second book like dread Um, Mm -hmm. and it's real because you know when you were writing your first book you have this like beautiful um bubble of of just being able to Stay in your head and being able to just write the story that, that, that your heart calls you to do. Um, with a second book, because I had actually gotten the contract for book two and three after book one came out. Um, I hadn't intended, um, to honestly to write to that. I hadn't intended that the story would continue to go because when I first started becoming a writer, I didn't know much about the business. I didn't know how to sustain it. I didn't know what's required. I just went into it all heart (laughs) and it had saved me in, in so many ways in that I just went into it wide eyed and bushy tail and, um, and just so, fascinated and grateful for everything that came and then second book you know the contract came and I was so happy and so grateful for that because it meant that oh someone actually likes <laughs> writing. <laughs> someone actually found my world worth you know visiting mm-hmm. so but with contract comes and I've always been like uh, a pantser. I write with my emotion and I write um, based on vibe. (laughs) (laughs) I have have friends who are plotters and I'm I'm so like enthralled by their process. And I'm like, I'm not that at all. So I was just writing, trying to find a way into this book too. And I had restarted so many times. I probably wrote five, six versions of it. Um, until I got to a place where I was like, okay, I think I started it at the right place, finally. Um, yeah, but before that, it's like I had, um, I had to have it, you know, like read by uh, a critique partner who actually came in and read, you know, my latest version. And she's like, I don't think you started this at the right place, but sometimes you're so close to it that you didn't see it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great. It's all about finding people who will like critique your work or like you can bounce and get feedback off who are sort of knowledgeable enough about you and brave enough to say like, "Oh yeah, I think that your story starts in the wrong place." You know, right,
1: right. And so many times that that little bit of kind of like a shift of mindset can help you see your story in so many different like in a new light and just opens up. the possibility. And so I restarted the story in the right place. And, um, and that was when I, you know, was able to finish what became, um, the story that's actually not even the final story, because that was what I had submitted to my, my publisher. Um, and then I was assigned, um, a developmental editor. And then she came and told me that, okay, half of the story is the backstory. Um, It was great that you wrote it, but we need to also find the real story find the other half of the real story and so it it became this like this book just became like an excavation yeah (laughs) um it's just layer and layer And, and and i hope it does show in the book itself that there's just so many different layers um within the book and it ended up um being more of like a psychological thriller um sci-fi you know in the sci-fi world in a speculative world Um, but at the end it really is about kind of like digging and finding what is the real reason and the real drive behind the creators of the four cities and how they ended up with the concept of tabla rasa how it came to be
0: yeah Tabula Rasa being the every four years everyone's memory gets wiped and everyone gets relocated.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Was it always going to be a prequel?
1: It was. Well, when I first got my agent, she had asked, you know, when I sent her reset, she fell in love with it, and during our our first call together, she asked whether or not this has serious potential, and in my head, I had thought of. Um, ideas around the world itself. Because to me, um, I've always felt that the world, the four cities itself is a character. And and I've always kind of seen it being, you know, this character that other characters interact with. And the potential of um, the stories that, that can be told were already inside my head because I was I, I took so long writing reset. And um, so I, I did tell her I was like, yeah, I do have a backstory of how this place came to be and that it's about uh, it's a marriage story and it's about this husband and wife who actually came apart. And I had said if, if reset was a story about two people coming together, preset is a story about two people breaking apart.
0: Oh, that's yeah. really, there's a great symmetry to that.
1: <laughs> it is very much a symmetry and, and, um, and everything about it is, is, uh, in the shows in the cover. And I'm so grateful that the cover designer, you know, had the wisdom to do that. It's like, everything is almost like the opposite of, yeah. uh, in presets, the opposite of how they did reset, but it still looks very much like a series.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, they they done really well. They look really good together <laughs> on the shelf.
1: Yeah, I'm very lucky with that.
0: And this is um am I right in thinking that there's you you're doing another book is that also going to be part of the Four Cities series?
1: Yes, it is. The third book is actually it actually happens um let's see 4 years after Reset ends. Okay, so, so it is a true sequel.
0: It's okay. You're, you're taking the, the Star Wars ordering method of putting things out, I see.
1: <laughs> In a way, yeah. Well, I felt like with Reset, I ended the book with the two creators, the crone and the planner. And when I ended it there, I felt that the readers needed to know more about them and that there was a lot of backstory that will help them get. You know, like the more of the philosophy that goes behind reset and the true heartbreak of it all.
0: Yeah, yeah, because because it, it's it, it's it's very it's a very complex world and there's lots of layers and systems um, involved. With uh, uh, you know, you you really dug deep when you were um, putting the layers on of like how the memory wipes work and how the everything gets moved around and the, and the the kind of the place that they live in and things like that. But in the end, it does come down to they're very human stories, and it, it always, it's always about the human connection and the, and the people living in this very complicated um, near-future world.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of how I approach um, this story. I, I had, actually didn't intend to be a sci-fi writer. I was just writing a story that came to me one yeah. night in the middle of the night um, when the idea of what if you know, we can erase our memories the same way we can erase data and, and I just thought, I mean, what came to me was a story of two people who happened to be stuck in this world. Um, and then preset, I just followed that same thread. You know, I wanted to, to approach it um in ways that I, as a reader find connection with it, because oftentimes um, sci-fi, the, the tradition of it, its it can be unapproachable to certain readers where they feel like it's hard sci-fi, I need to be a scientist or I need to be interested in science. Um, but to me, speculative world is actually a great, great way to um, have a conversation yeah. about our own world and what is not working within it without having to get so close and, you know, in your face about a certain conversation.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, this is something that um, Black Mirror does very, very well, mm-hmm. where it's it's usually near future or, or further future, but mm-hmm. it's always, that they're, they're always looking at every, every sort of, sh- it's, they're short stories of like specific social issues, aren't they?
1: Mm -hmm. And with preset itself, the nature of when I was writing it, um, and the nature of what the essence of what the book really is, it is about the freedom of choice versus peace and control, which is the kind of conversation I was having with myself, um, Especially, you know, after Roe v. Wade here in America was overturned yeah. in 2022, I had rewritten, I was, that had happened um, r- right before the summer when I had to turn in my final draft of preset. And I was just so distraught um, because I just felt betrayed. I felt essentially like a second class citizen in my own country. And I had in that moment reach out to Kim Stanley Robinson, who is a sci-fi writer and hero of mine. Um, we both went to the same school, UCSD, and I had interviewed him earlier in the year. And he had said something to me that stuck with me, and that is hope is a moral obligation. But after Roe v. Wade overturned I felt like, how, how can I have hope in this situation? And so I, I wrote to him. <laughs> um, I I was so distraught. I was like, if I, looking back now, I was like, if I wasn't that distraught, I probably wouldn't have, because it, by nature, I'm such a shy person mm-hmm. that the idea of reaching out to like a hero would have been just like, no, why would you do that? Silly. Um, but I was just so distraught. And I reached out to him at that moment. And the subject line was. Hope is a moral obligation, but how? <laughs> and um, he gave me a great advice. He said, you know, essentially don't let a crisis go to waste. And so I took that feeling of betrayal and that feeling of hurt and put it into the rewrite of preset. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So it wouldn't have been this book had I not had the pain of 2022 and so interesting yeah but I am so very proud of it too because I'm like I I look at it now and I I'm like I don't know how I wrote this it was such a tough tough time and yeah so, like I still read it sometimes and I'm like oh my god when they said like there's magic to writing it's so true because sometimes I look at certain things and I'm like I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I went in and rewrite have a book in less than a month and got this.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's that's great that you 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 took something that was um just sort of terrible and, and also had all sorts of bad emotions about it and you channeled it all into your into your writing. You made something productive out of it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of what writers do naturally. I feel yeah. we kind of we, we kind of this compost heap <laughs> and everything that we encounter, the people we meet, the things that happen to us go into this compost heap. And then from that, you know, something grows out of it and, and hopefully we can harvest something out of it. Um, and hopefully that harvest becomes a book. Yes. Um, <laughs> right. So I feel like that's, that's kind of how writing and writer's mind works anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was, it was almost as if like there's, I couldn't have done it, you know, a different way. Because that, that was my my way of never letting a crisis go to waste, per yeah. se.
0: Yeah. I think that's great advice. Get, getting back onto you, you mentioned that...
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc crispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy
0: fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah,
1: you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba da ba ba ba. You you never intended to be a, a sci-fi writer. When you when when you when you wrap up this the, the four cities series, do you think you'll? Stay in sort of speculative fiction sci fi, or or are you considering a different direction?
1: I have so many half written books (laughs) (laughs) in my drawer, Um, and most of them are actually fantasy. Um, Okay. But they still are in the speculative world where, you know, where um, I think speculative fiction is that space where you can play around with the what if scenario and sometimes it leans sci-fi and sometimes it leans fantasy um and and the words themselves sci-fi and fantasy were kind of words created right to in order to shelf books in certain places at bookstores or in order for publishers to be able to kind of speak in shorthand um, when they try to sell your book. But um, I rarely find that, you know, we are that clean of a writer genre-wise. I feel like some of the best books I love blend genres. Um, And so I, I don't, I mean, in some ways, I don't necessarily feel like I'm going to get out of my my sci-fi world or speculative world. It would just be something different. And yeah. maybe instead of science as a system of operation, it would be magic as a system of operation.
0: Yeah, I often think those two are much closer than, than they would um, immediately appear. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think someone told me ages ago that George R.R. R. Martin considers himself a sci-fi writer, mm. more than a fantasy writer, and almost all of the thing the like magical elements of Game of Thrones can be translated into like direct sci-fi tropes. Like oh, you have I the the White Walkers are like a hive mind species that you would get in lots of sci-fi stuff mm-hmm. and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. I find that too um because oftentimes like science um or magic magic is like sometimes is is a it's a placeholder until we find a way to logically explain something, right? I mean, um, in the older times, we used to look up at the sky. And, you know, there, there would be um, certain phenomena that we can't explain, and we would call it magic. But now, we have a way to explain it. So it has a different name. Um, so I don't, necessarily see them as two separate things sometimes it's just we just don't have a way to explain certain things in a scientific way yet but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist or that it doesn't mean that it's not logical in its own way
0: yeah I guess when it comes to like literature and fiction and stuff the way that I would along those lines the way that I would kind of distinguish the two then is by saying Um, that there is at least a pseudo explanation. If you're going to do science fiction, it's usually that there's like a pseudo explanation for how things work. And you're kind of willing to accept that enough that you're like, yeah, that could happen. Like Iron Man, I think is a good example. Like they kind of vaguely explain how Iron Man works in the first film. And it's just realistic enough that you're like, okay, sure, I'll buy it. But with magic, (laughs) it's like, And a wizard did it. And you're like, okay, well, a wizard cast a spell, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And with Preset, I actually, it's it's more, I would say that it's more of a science-based book Mm -hmm, than Reset because um, the heroine of the story, she's a scientist. And so I had to go into a lot of research around how, like, if we were to mind wipe, how would it be like which part of the brain, or if we were to kind of create a drug that would help us remember, what kind of drug would it be? And, you know, like we actually have things that exist like that already. There are drugs to help patients with Alzheimer's um, that works on certain part of the brain. And there are ways that we can actually look at and map our brain, and um, and all of this, you know, definitely does feed into "quote unquote" the magic of the four cities, um, because, like said, so there's there's like a, a basis for where all of the explanations come from.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Is is the do I, I remember when we we spoke before about um, reset when it was when it was coming out that you you had all these. Extra layers to the world building that aren't often aren't even mentioned in the book. It was just part of your process to do that. Do you, is that something that you you really enjoy when you are creating a world? Is like doing this research and really figuring out how all of the bits fit together?
1: Oh, absolutely. Sometimes I do too much research.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fine as long as you know when to no, like when to when stop to putting stop. it in the book.
1: Exactly. Like, exactly. Sometimes I can get like because it's it's so fascinating you know um actually my background is in psychology and i went to a school that's very scientific in nature so um all of you know like i studied neuroscience and we'd have to read you know like the scientific papers on certain things and so going back to reading scientific papers, kind of like, oh, I'm going back to college in a way. Um, And there's just so many interesting, fascinating things that scientists are doing that we don't often um, are exposed to until it becomes big news. Right. So um, yeah. Until it's like
0: bought by a big company and commercialized, which is like 10 years after the research actually like happened
1: exactly and what i love also about the scientific community is there's this idea of continuation of of memory Someone can be working on something a hundred years ago and then they would pass and then that knowledge would get picked up and worked on by another set of scientists all around the world for another decade. And then, you know, it would get picked up and it's, it's, it's almost like this, this, um, game of like just pass the ball or something where everyone is just trying to contribute to this. Set of knowledge. Um, and, and that's, that's really what I love about the, the scientific community. It is at its core so, um, like so community minded and so focused on, um, the knowledge itself and so open to sharing, um,
0: yeah.
1: that it, it, I just love it. I can find, like, if I'm interested in the idea of memory, I can find 10 papers, you know, that would reference each other and um I, I think that's that's one of the best things about humanity is is that idea that knowledge is free, we can share it for the benefit of all
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. and we're we're better when we work together
1: absolutely
0: yeah, so before we as as we're heading into the 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 towards the end of the episode, uh, I did want to ask now that you um have done the, the sort of publishing trail more than I would, I would say twice, but it's more than twice. Cause I know that you're, you're well on the way with book three. Um, what have you learned, uh, along the way that you wish you could have known back when you first started, when you first signed, uh, with your agent, with Reset? Oh,
1: so many things. <laughs> um, one is you need community. Um, I just, the other day, um, we, we get together our San Diego, um, writing group, get together once a month to this potluck and writing sprints. And someone, um, said it is, it takes a village, doesn't it? To launch a book. And I said, absolutely. Um, when my first book came out, it was 2021 and we had had COVID for about a year. And, um, we were all pretty much disconnected from each other um, in person. So I didn't have any in live anything. Um, I didn't know who to talk to, you know, like all of the things that I'd hoped um, I would gain as a writer, all of those acts was just kind of almost cut off on me because everyone just kind of went into a cocoon. Um, but with preset, now that I found my community, it feels so much different. It feels like maybe I can continue to do this. Maybe there is a way to sustain this long-term with the help of others. Because when you are a writer, you're not just in your whole writing, right? I mean, once you finish your, you have a product, you have to learn how to talk about it. You have to learn how to promote it. You have to Learn how to interact with, you know, like all types of people and having a community definitely kind of carries you along. And, 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 and sometimes like they would give me ideas. I have friends who would just be like, you know, for for your promotion, it would be cool if you do this. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. I've never even thought of that. So please, 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 writers, get yourself a community. Um, those who you can trust. It doesn't mean these people are going to read your things. I almost recommend to separate them because you want, you want people who you can get, um, you know, honest feedback from. Um, but you also need cheerleaders. You need people who will be behind you no matter what. And sometimes it's good to just separate the two. Um, yeah. So get yourself a community. Um, and, and it's, it's really is this giving like circle of giving, right? It's like you bring to it um, things that like we call it our goats. Like you come into this circle of, you know, um, of of tribe, what goats are you bringing to the table? And each one of us is like, okay, I can do this. And another person would say, well, I can do that. And then you end up having this very rich, like, village of of people who are there to to truly support each other and and they give you and then you give them back and it it just becomes this like just this beautiful fulfilling life um that is more than just writing your book it is because it it is a lifestyle it isn't yeah. just a job yeah. It's not a career, even. It is not. It it is a lifestyle. You choose this, and you have to find a way to sustain it. And community yeah. is definitely a beautiful way to sustain it.
0: Yeah, I definitely. It is a a lot of people when I ask them about what kind of they would advise to. People in writing or getting into writing is is like find your tribe, and it you know it doesn't have to be a huge tribe. It could just be a few people, mm-hmm. as big or as small as you want it to. But it, yeah, it's so important to surround yourself. I think with like minded um, people who are on a similar journey to you.
1: Absolutely. And my second advice would be to kind of brush up on the business of it all. Um, yeah. You don't need to be a business person. Uh, you don't need to even know, you know, like the ins and out of publishing. But it does help to read up on what's happening, uh, what, what is, you know, the latest thing, what's the latest, um, you know, like Harper Collins when they had, uh, when they had a strike, because that does affect you somehow, you know, because the strike affects the, the authors who actually were with Harper Collins and it affects how book Stores or book blockers talk about um, you know about those books or about publishing, and so it it helps to understand what's current, um, and it also helps to understand from the business end the decisions that publishers would make, the decisions that um, bookstores would make, because in as much as it is you know, for the authors, a heart work, because you're putting your heart and soul into this. Um, on the other end, it also for others need to translate to sales copies. So, yeah. um, and so and often that, again, is a shorthand in how they would look at a book and go, okay, this book produces. And so therefore, we want this author's this author to write more. Um, yeah. So it it does help to understand. So sometimes, because sometimes it's, it, you're not quite sure the decisions that come down. So it helps you to, um, to guide you towards, you know, perhaps the best decision that can work for you as an author. And it helps when you have a conversation with someone to talk in their language. Um, and so, yes. you know, to get them to kind of, um, see your point of view and you can see their point of view. And, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 it's such an interesting business. The more I, the longer I'm in it, the more I'm so fascinated by it. It is unlike any other business.
0: It is. Yes. It's got so many bizarre twists and turns and ins and outs to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it is, um, you just don't know, you know? And, and so you, you kind of, kind of learn by talking to, to others and, and forming, you know, a, a tribe of people you can trust to give you advice. Um, but one thing that I've learned is that every author's journey is different. So in as much as I can give you advice, that, advice is very limited to my experience and you can have completely different advice i mean a completely different experience and um and so therefore you know it's it's always like i like to listen to those advice with a grain of salt and then um just continue to write do whatever to me i was just like i my 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 one number one rule is i do whatever that keeps me writing and i don't do what stops me from writing
0: yes I think that's, that's great advice all around. Um, and I would say that in terms of the, the, the thing that I think that I've spoken to a lot of people about and our people are most surprised about in terms of, um, getting a sort of appreciation for the industry and how the, the business of things works is that, uh, almost every book that gets published has to be signed off by the marketing team and the sales team. And, those are two teams who are so primarily focused on the business side of things. That's where a lot of books, it doesn't matter how sort of poetic or beautifully written they are or how powerful the messaging is. Uh, sometimes the, you know, the sales team just don't think they can sell it. And that's that so many books will fall at that hurdle.
1: Absolutely. Um, because at the end of the day they have to kind of know because everyone is so busy, right. Um, in and, and getting busier because, um, there's just more workload all around. And um, so as in as much as you can help the sales team or the marketing team to hone in on your marketing message or the kind of message, uh, the kind of like communication they can give to someone. Like for example, preset, when I um, talked to my publicist, I said, The heart of it is a conversation about peace and control, peace and control versus choice and freedom. They got that and they were able to kind of put presets in places where women can see the book. Um, Because in a way, you know, books are a way for each one of us to have and to process um, these complex thoughts in smaller bites. And so, you know, it helps to know where your books can you don't have to know precisely where it should sit, but it helps to know who will most benefit from having a conversation around your book.
0: Yeah, very true. And with that, we're already running over time, but you have already answered what would normally be the last uh, the final question of the episode um when you were previously on you said that you would take to the desert island 100 years of solitude is that <laughs> still the book you would take
1: um, yes but also i love the book thief i think since then i had written i had read the book thief and love it lit. like just love 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 it so i would also take that book Um, if I had to swap it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you were forced to.
1: (laughs) If I was forced to only bring one. Um, and of course, you know, all the books by Kim Stanley Robinson. Um, he writes very much, um, about, uh, climate change. And, um, his hope is a moral obligation, you know, message is in every one of his books. And so I would, Want to bring at least one of them to kind of give me that sense of hope.
0: You're bringing a whole library now.
1: I'm bringing a whole library. I'm bringing one Kindle.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, one Kindle with a with a load of extra hard drives (laughs) to plug into.
1: I know. I'm bringing all of them. My TBR is so big.
0: Oh yeah, 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 and and only growing. The TBRs never get smaller in my experience.
1: No, no, I just went to an event and I just bought, uh, like, I brought back a, like, probably, gosh, two feet worth, like, height of oh books. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, say no. I'm like, I yeah. can't leave these. Exactly.
0: Someone's <laughs> got to buy those books. They're not going to buy themselves. <laughs> Um, <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sharina, for for coming back on the on the podcast, telling us all about your latest book and um, everything that's going on with with you and, and your writing. It's been really great chatting with you again
1: oh thank you so much this has been a pleasure i can't believe it's already over <laughs> <laughs>
0: um and uh in case you don't want it to be over and you're listening you can follow serena on instagram at Serena.darlin. and to make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast follow along on socials and you can get in touch and show your support if you head over to the patreon page for more bookish chat check out my other podcast the chosen ones and other tropes with ya authors naomi gibson and melissa welliver Thanks again to Serena, and thanks to everyone listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.